they killed her, but she came back. This week on the podcast, Christopher Pike's Remember Me. Hi, and welcome to Growing Up Bookish. That's the podcast where we read old books that we used to love and see if we like them now or if they suck or I don't know. I'm one of your co-hosts, Emma. I'm the other host, Allison. This week, uh, we're taking a little bit of a break from fantasy because we've been doing a lot of fantastical, magical stories. Wonderful things. Yeah. And this one, while there is some fantasy elements in it, it's quite different. It comes from one of my favorite authors when I was young, Christopher Pike, and he has quite a following. Um, Even today, he has quite a following of people that just devoured his books as kids and still love them to this day. I read so many of his books and I had a hard time deciding which one I wanted to pick, but I feel like this one is my favorite. So whenever anyone asks you, what's your favorite Christopher Pike book? Or, hey, I'm interested in reading Christopher Pike. What would you suggest? I would say you should start with Remember Me. Okay. Christopher Pike is kind of a weird author in that he started out writing these kind of like murder mystery type stories, Mm -hmm. which was kind of popular back then. Um, R.L. Stein was also really popular, but his tended to be a little bit more supernatural than Christopher Pike's. But... Somewhere after the 80s, Christopher Pike just went off the rails, and his stories got just, like, freaking bonkers, and they added all this, like, aliens and, like, space and stuff into it, and I was just kind of like, what kind of drugs is Christopher Pike taking? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but, like, this one is, like, one of the last books of the 80s. It was from 1989. Okay. And it still has the murder mystery element, but it started to add the supernatural element into it. And as I was rereading it, I was noticing all these things, like him bringing religion into it and stuff, which is things that he heavily weighed on later in his career. Oh, really? Yeah, he started getting real into religion and things like that. And so there's a lot of, there's a bit of that in this that I'm like, oh no, he's starting. Yeah, I kind of wanted to fact check some of it. Like, is that really? It's a fantasy story. Still. (laughs) There's actually, like, when I was looking up Christopher Pike to try to find, like, interesting tidbits about him, there's not a lot about him because apparently when he was in his prime, he was kind of like a recluse. Mm-hmm. Didn't really talk to anyone, didn't go on book tours, didn't do anything. Oh, interesting. I mean, his real name's not Christopher Pike. It's like Kevin McFadden or something. He does have a Facebook page now that he updates semi-regularly. So that's kind of cool. Is he still writing? Yes. But uh, I did also find out that he has written a movie script for this book. Oh, cool. But that the deals kept falling through. Like, he kept trying to make deals to make it into a movie, and it kept falling through. And I kind of got the feeling from reading all of his stuff that he was talking about that it's probably because he's really picky. Mm. Because he wants it to be made, like, the way he wants it to be made. Right. Because apparently there was a, and I did watch this movie, but I don't remember anything about it, but they made one TV movie of one of his books in the 90s, and it had Jonathan Brandis in it (gasps) and Tatiana Ali. What is it? It's called Fallen to Darkness, and it was a good book. Can you find it on YouTube? Do you know? Oh, God, I don't know. Okay. Maybe? I'm going to look it up. It was a TV movie, and Christopher Pike apparently didn't like it. Oh. Wishes it had never been made. I mean, that's a common thing with authors. That would be... uh, I can imagine that being extremely hard, giving up that kind of control. Yeah. 
and, and they then, turn it into something lame, and you're yeah. like, this is not my story. And it reflects on you. Right. So they don't want that, for sure. But I, I would like to see a movie of Remember Me, I think. Well, if they made Twilight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not that Christopher Pike is associated with that. I'm just saying. Definitely not, <laughs> although judging by your book cover. Yes. Let's talk about the covers we have, because I have the original <clears throat> I think this is the original, from the 80s book cover. And it basically shows Sherry at her moment of death. So it's got a picture, like you're looking down on the body of this girl. From a balcony. From a balcony. And, and she's laying on the pavement. And There's no blood. What's in the corner, the bottom corner? That's a ghostly hand. Okay. Sorry, if we're like getting into <laughs> the parts of the book. But I think it's very important because my cover is... Kind of this close-up picture of a face. Um, it's a girl. Starts from about her middle middle of her nose down. And it shows a bit of her neck. And she's wearing like this gauzy, flowy fabric around her neck. And then, you know, bright red lips. And that's it. There's like candle smoke or something, right? On on the side of, of the uh, okay. the spine of the book, you do see a red candle. But I, and I, yeah, maybe that's supposed candle. to be smoke. There's a red candle in the book. Right. But so that makes sense. If I were to see this on the shelf... I wouldn't know what this book was about at all. That's the that follows the trend of like the new book covers. It's right. always like a close up of some pretty girl. Right. And if you look at all of like L.J. Smith's books from like Forbidden Game, all of those have been re-released. The covers all look just like that. Really? Yeah. So Twilight started that whole thing. Yeah, you just think? like dark and you know contrasty colors and like not really showing anything, just being like artistic photographs. Right. That's the trend. I hope one day we go back to like art. Like in the 80s, and we look at these photos, and we're like, oh, that looks so dated. <laughs> so it's just a way for people like, oh, I loved Twilight. Let me see what else is out there. Yes. They'll grab this because it looks like Twilight. Yes. Okay. That's that's the hope. My cover's amazing. Your cover is wonderful. I have to, I'm sorry, we're getting, th- we're doing so much stuff before we even get into the book, <laughs> but I have to talk about her clothes, okay? Yes. Because here's something I found out. So in my cover, she's wearing the most 80s outfit. She's got... A yellow, bright yellow blouse and green pants. And Those they mentioned, yeah, green pants. Oh. They mentioned this outfit multiple times in the book. In Emma's version, they have changed what she's wearing to something else. Really? I don't know what it is. She's wearing a yellow top, but it's not green pants. I don't remember green pants at all. Because I think they changed it to like blue jeans or yeah, something. It's they blue like, jeans they or... like updated it or something. That is, I would have remembered green pants because that sounds hideous. That sounds like a hideous well, outfit. That's one one huge memory I have from this book is her yellow shirt, green pants outfit. Because I'm like, ew. You wear that to a party? Okay. Yeah. I mean, apparently it was super into it. And they have like a lot. They make a mention of like a lot of other things people are wearing. And I wonder if they changed those in yours. And there's other things I wondered if they changed too. Okay. Well, hopefully I can when remember it. When we get it. to it, I'm going to ask. Okay. I guess we should get started. We've been babbling a while. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. We're doing the first half of the book. So this is going to be perfect for this book because then you guys who have not read it can work on solving the murderer along with Emma, who Mm -hmm. also has not finished it. Yeah, this is, I've never read any Christopher Pike. So this is my first experience. I hope that I picked a good one. Chapter one. Story starts with Sherry introducing herself and telling the reader she's dead. Right off the bat, you know, she's dead. Yes. She 
says she wants to share the story of how she died. And then she goes on a very long description of every oh. little detail that happens. Okay, so I do have a question. Sure. Because because it's so detailed, and you did mention, like, it's detailed kind of for a reason. Mm-hmm. When you think about all these murder mysteries, all the details are important. Is it really important, the description of her hair? Her I layered... don't want to answer any <laughs> okay. questions for you like, because my God. a lot of these things are important. Layer, like describing her layered hair okay, and well, how she breaks all of her brushes. I do want I do want to say that like these books always described people's appearances like in this day and age. That was a thing that they always did. So it's not a Christopher Pike solely thing cuz no, I no, thought no. it was extremely interesting that a male writer would spend so much time describing the physical appearance. That's just of something everyone. that teen girls want to know. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I wasn't part of that crowd because I'm like, my God. I feel like all these books back in that same era described people's appearances pretty, pretty well. But there, I I can't say anything. I know. (laughs) Because I know things that you don't (laughs) know. It's okay. Sherry starts her story on the night of the party, which is her sort of acquaintance, not really friend, Beth's birthday party. Big Beth. Big Beth because she's got big boobs. Um, she says that a story starts with her brother Jimmy's dream, but then she goes into a lot of other stuff that happens before she even talks about her brother's dream. So whatever. But before she tells about the dream, she sets the scene. Her parents are out at a fancy party. Her cleaning lady, Miss Parrish, mm-hmm. is over to clean their house. Because yes. I guess they had a party and then went to another party. I don't know. Fancy parents. They're rich, just in case you they're stinking rich. Yes. Yes. Well, she says a little bit better than well off or well she off. She has a Ferrari. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so they're more than better than well off, I suppose. Miss <laughs> Parrish is cleaning. Um, her daughter Amanda comes with her, who is Jamie's girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend. Sort of girlfriend. They haven't, like, officially broken up, but they're like, Jimmy's really into her. Sherry doesn't think Amanda's really into him. Right. It's been, I think they've been, it's said that they've been dating for about three months. Right. But then, like, Jimmy's kind Jimmy of borderline. Says he's not, she's not returning his calls. Right. So things are weird, but he's obsessed with her, apparently. Yeah. She's thrown up a wall yeah. for some odd reason. We don't know. Don't know why. So Amanda's also going to the birthday party with Sherry, and they say that, like, Amanda invited herself, which seems strange for someone that they describe as being aloof. Yes. Shy. And yeah. Quiet. And uh, they have conversations that really aren't that important i guess they eat some chocolate cake see okay another detail i'm like why do they keep talking about this chocolate cake (laughs) see emma knows that it's a murder (laughs) mystery so she's fixated on everything yeah but you know that can throw you off too because when we play clue but see i get fixated on all these details that i'm like they want you to know every detail because they don't want to make it obvious but they want you to try to pay attention it's like everything is getting the same level of attention exactly even things like a chocolate cake that probably should be thrown out but they spend i don't know five minutes talking about whether or not they should keep it or throw it and then they all have a piece (laughs) and then amanda takes some with her and eats it in the car yes (laughs) yeah so yeah, I mean there are definitely uh, details about this that I know are important that I that now you, reading it again that and you I'm can't like, tell me anything. No, I can't tell you okay. a single thing. Okay. So I'm trying as you know the <laughs> recapper to also not put emphasis on things that I think are important. So <laughs> that's got to be hard too. It is really hard. It's, I found the note taking that I made for this book the most difficult ever. 
because I was trying to tell you what happens in such a way that I wouldn't give what give up what I already know. Right. But also make sure that you know the things that are, that are important. important. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I had a really hard time. Yeah. I had a hard time just in that you get, I got caught up in the story um, and spent a lot of time. The notes that I made were actually more about, okay, who did it? Oh, what right. do I feel like are the clues that are important, even though I have no idea. So yeah, I made note about the cake. Yeah. Um, Why is this important? Why is this cake important? And I found after a lot of chapters that I didn't really have a lot of notes. It was like, I'm still processing what I read. Yeah. Sherry does find Amanda rummaging around in her bathroom. And Amanda says she was looking for cleaning stuff. Kitchen cleaner in the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little suspicious. But Sherry doesn't seem that concerned. Amanda apparently found Jimmy's insulin syringes. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's diabetic, but he didn't want anyone to know. It was like some big secret. Now Amanda knows. Right. Sherry's super like cool about it. She's not like, why are you digging around in my bathroom, you weirdo? She's just like, oh, whatever. Now you know. And that's the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> and Jimmy is Sherry's older brother. Yes. He's asleep at this time. Yes. Right. Yes. When uh, Sherry's boyfriend Daniel arrives, they have like a short conversation and then Sherry goes upstairs to say goodbye to her brother. And this is when he tells her about the dream. But before that, he was sleepwalking. Yes, he was sleepwalking. He's okay. a sleepwalker too. Yes. He's a sleepwalker and she had to like turn him back into his bedroom so that nobody would see him. Yeah, because at that point she knew Amanda was in the house right. and, she and he knew, would be mortified yes, that he would be. Exactly. So he's a sleepwalker. He also has really vivid dreams and he works really early in the morning. So he goes to bed really early and he has this freaky dream that he tells her about. It wasn't really that freaky. Not really. But he says it was. And I'll read it because it's just kind of strange. It's pretty short. We were in a strange place. It was like a world inside a flower. I know that sounds weird, but I don't really know how else to describe it. Everything was glowing. We were in a wide open space like a field. And you were dressed exactly as you are now in those slacks and that blouse. You had a balloon in your hand that you were trying to blow up. No, you had blown it up part way, and you wanted me to blow it up the rest of the way. You tried to give it to me. You had tied a string to it, but I didn't catch the string right or something, and it got away. We watched it float up into the sky, and then you begin to cry. And that was pretty much the dream. And she also mentions that he thought the balloon was brown. And then she gets mad because she he also thinks her eyes are brown, brown and they're oh, not. Yeah. They're sparkling green. green. Thank you very much. <laughs> She's really caught up on the color of her eyes. Yes, she is. She's like, I don't have brown eyes. My eyes are green. And she keeps asking everyone, like, what, what color what do you think eyes? my eyes are? And they're like, I don't know, brown? And she's like, no, it's green. They're is that, green. Is that just kind of like a test to see if people remember important things about her? Remember me. Remember the colors of my eyes. Yeah, may- maybe because, well. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't go, like, oh, God, how do I not say things? I don't know. I swear. Oh, un- unimportant detail, but I wonder if it's the same in your book. They mention how his computer light is on when he goes in, and they say that it glows green. Yes. Did they say it glowed green in yours? Yes. Okay, because that's like obviously 80s computer. Right. You know, they don't do that now. No, they don't. (laughs) They don't glow green like that now, (laughs) unless you're in Fallout. And that's it. So I just wondered if they changed that in yours. No, they, they left it as green. So she says goodbye to Jimmy. She leaves with Dan and Amanda to go to the party. How long has she been dating Daniel? Did it say? 
It probably did say. I felt like I, I didn't catch that. Because she goes on about their relationship a lot, and she talks about an embarrassing moment that they had where he, you know, basically finished early. <laughs> Before they even started anything, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. And so their relationship is kind of, like, strained, I guess. Yes. I don't know why she's into him, to be honest. I don't either. They um, don't see, Other than just... I mean, she says he's, he's like, nice, guy. and they have a good relationship, but every interaction we see with them together is, like... One note that I have, and I'm assuming Sherry said it, was, I never felt entirely comfortable around Daniel. I'm like... Why the hell are you, why are you dating him? Why are you dating him? I have the feeling, and they never really say this, but I kind of get the impression that, like, Sherry is not, she's popular, but she's not, like, the most popular. And so maybe, like, he is, he's the popular dude. Mm-hmm. Maybe she feels It'll slightly, up her status. Yeah, a little, like, <laughs> slightly under his league or something. I don't know. They kind of, they kind of give Sherry the impression that she's just, like, liked but not like loved yeah she's invited to all the parties but i don't know if anybody really yeah she doesn't make care that she's there with people yeah Yeah. so and she and daniel started going out because let's see he was in a play oh yeah and she went to his dressing room to kind of compliment him (laughs) (laughs) and he asked her out like right then and there but i don't think there was without even knowing her yeah yeah so that's not a very good basis for a relationship no it's not they don't really seem to have much of one now either sherry wanted to sleep with him but he he came early oh, <laughs> i feel so bad talking oh like, whatever guy. see she didn't care though no she didn't he's just being a dude about it one of the things that she did mention at the beginning of the book is that she's superficial or she was yes so so they leave for the party and then we're off into chapter two they have to stop by and pick up sherry's friend joe now does daniel like joe I think she said that not really. Like, okay. she, she made a comment about how he didn't like Sherry and Joe together because they, like, talk, 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 talk. Yes. And she's very conscious of that and tries not to talk in the car. Yeah, and they're not taking her precious Ferrari because right. it doesn't have a backseat. Right. He just wanted to drive the Ferrari. <laughs> That's now we know That's why he's why. with her. <laughs> we meet Joe's mom, who is, incidentally, the sister of Miss Parrish, right. which makes Joe and Amanda cousins. cousins. Yeah. So they're related, but they, their parents don't get along because the story is that Miss Parrish, the sweet Catholic cleaning woman, slept with Joe's mom's husband. Yeah. And Sherry's like, I don't believe a word of it. Yeah. But that's the rumor. That's the rumor. That's what we hear happen, and that's why they hate each other. Right. But uh, Joe and Amanda, despite being cousins, seem kind of like ambivalent towards each other. Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. Don't like, have much of a relationship. Mm-mm. Nope. Don't look anything alike. It's like the only thing they have in common is that they're both friends with Sherry. Yeah, pretty much. Although it doesn't seem like Amanda's really friends with anyone. Just saying. She's just <laughs> she's just quiet. She's just quiet and poor, by the way. Did you know? Did you remember them mentioning she was poor? Because they mentioned she was poor. No, like because what they what I remember reading is that uh, of her beauty. Oh yeah, they, they talked did. about her beauty so much. They talked about how beautiful she was, but she's also poor. I just heard the beauty. I really didn't see. Well, she's poor too. <laughs> Don't didn't forget. Know. She's, she's poor. poor. Don't forget. She's but poor. But she's beautiful. Yes, beautiful but poor. <laughs> Sherry goes up into Joe's room to get her, and then that's where you learn that Joe's like really into the occult, mm-hmm. which is c- cool, I yeah. suppose, because yeah. Emma and I are both into the occult too. So. Yeah, but her room doesn't show that. No. it's but She's just got like an incense burner, and yeah, but that's it. But apparently she's known for bringing Ouija boards to parties. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is great because I've never done one. Oh, no. We I know Emma has, and I, she won't. Yeah. So if you I bring a Ouija board to the getting. party. You don't know what you're getting. 
Well, she doesn't bring the Ouija board, but she's going to bring a magnet, which we'll find out soon what that does. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We also learn that Joe is interested, particularly in going to this party because she's into this guy named Jeff, who Mm -hmm. just also happens to be Beth's boyfriend, but also is a friend of a guy that Cherry was friends with named Peter. Well, he's the younger brother. Yeah, he's the younger brother to Peter, who is a friend of Sherry's who died, like, last year? Two years ago? It was semi-recently. Yes. Semi-recently. He died in a motorcycle accident. Right. Yeah. I feel like the way that she talked about Peter was very different from anybody she's talked about. That they I mean, probably would have closer. She is close yeah. to Joe, but yeah. I remember details um, where Sherry was talking about Peter, and that felt like a, a solid connection that she had with someone. Yeah. Everybody else is just this superficial. So Sherry has no friends but Joe and this Peter guy who's dead. It's <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. 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 At the end of chapter two, when they're talking about Peter, she Joe mentions that Jeff, Peter's brother, had given her a short story that Peter wrote for her to edit, because I guess she's like editor of the school paper or something. Oh, I didn't know that. And they mentioned something about that. Like, it's really brief. Well, but I thought it was weird that Joe was getting, I'm like, why is he just she's giving a writer. all the stories? Okay. And like, she's known for being good at this kind of stuff. Okay. So he wants, Jeff wants to publish his brother's book, gives it to Joe to edit. They describe the the plot of the book, and it's actually a book that Christopher Pike wrote called Public Enemy, but that book didn't come up t- out till like two years after this book did. Oh, cool. So I guess it was just like an idea that he had. Yeah. And uh, what do they call it in the Anne's Answer. Which, by the way, Anne is the name of his younger sister, Christopher Pike's younger sister. Oh. There's a lot of characters in, bo- in his books named Anne. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Does he have a good relationship with his sister? Apparently, because okay. he, he's also dedicated a few books to someone oh, named awesome. Anne. Which is his, it's his sister, but yeah. yeah. Tons of characters named Anne in Christopher okay. Pike books. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that is kind of cool that he like slipped a book in. He was probably already working on that book. Yeah. it was. He knew it was going to come out in the next couple of years. Yeah. Because I think it was like 1991 and this one's like 89, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. something like that. That book's Well, bonkers. either way, it was, that one's bonkers too? Okay. Oh, yeah. I, either way, it was really cool that you get this little tidbit of here's another Christopher Pike story. going to come in. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's actually done that before. There was another... I'm trying to remember. Actually, I think it was Fall into Darkness, the one that we were talking about at the beginning with the movie, that they mention another book of his called Give Me a Kiss. Like, one of the characters is reading the book. But that book had uh, already okay. come out by that point, I think. Okay. So whatever. It's Good. still fun. I love Very those sly Christopher yeah. Pike. Advertising your books in your books. Chapter three, they're driving to Beth's house, chatting about the gifts that they got Beth. Daniel got her earrings. Red flag. Hello. Super red flag. I mean, I wouldn't have even gone to the party at that point. I would have been like, you need to take me home now. I have to ask you, based on the like updates, what gift did they say that Sherry was bringing Beth? She got her... um, a Beatles album, a vinyl record. Okay, all right, that's that the same thing. That you found in a discount bin. Okay, <laughs> I wondered if they would change it from record, and the, or if they would change like the name of the band or whatever, because mm-hmm. they make they make a big deal about how she's got a CD player. That's right. Like Daniel it's not something like, everyone has. She's got a CD player. She's not going to yeah. use. She has no need for a record. I guess. And but, then I think Joe was the one that said she doesn't even like the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> I just wondered if they had updated them, mm-hmm. but I guess not. It's still a thoughtless gift. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Sherry doesn't give a crap about Beth. She's just going to this party for reasons unknown. I don't really know why. <laughs> so there's an awkward moment where uh, Daniel's driving too fast and... Uh, oh, no! 
<laughs> too fast. And Joe's like, is he always this fast, Sherry? And Sherry's like, yeah. And then she's like, oh, oh wait. Because no. Joe starts laughing. Yeah. So it's clear that Daniel knows that Joe knows about his, you know, too quick moment. That's and right. So immediately the mood shifts and mm-hmm. Dan's like pissed. Well, they ride in silence. They ride in silence. <laughs> and so Sherry's like, oh, God, my boyfriend hates me. Well, he got another girl earring, so I don't know. He probably already hates you. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's a huge red flag when your boyfriend is buying some other girl earrings. Yeah. Exactly. That's such an intimate gift. I mean, it's not as intimate as lingerie, but still you jewelry. You don't buy jewelry for, you, like, no. someone you're not no. into. They arrive at Beth's house, which is a nice condo overlooking the beach. Mm-hmm. Beth is described as kind of dumb, but not as dumb as she appears to be. Right. She only acts that way. Yeah, because she knows it gets people attention. Mm-hmm. She's got big boobs, but Sherry describes her very unfavorably. Other than that. Yes. She's basically like, she's ugly, but she's got big boobs. Did you ever have a girl in school that kind of acted that way? Not necessarily looked that way, but I mean, that was attractive, but you felt like, I'm asking. I'm sure that there was. There was definitely someone in my high school like that. I don't remember. People don't know who they are yet in high school. She was probably just trying some stuff out. I hope so. I hope so. She was smart. That's that's the thing. She's probably normal now. I hope so. Have you looked her up on Facebook? I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> oh, that means yes. You should have yes. just said, you should have just lied. Yes, I have. Should have just have. lied and said no. No, I have. Does she look stupid now? <laughs> um, she looks she looks the same. I hope she listens to this and knows you're obsessed oh, with God! her. Oh <laughs> god. I'm not obsessed with her. It's just I'm one just of those kidding. late night, you I know, know we've all done it. We've hey, all done it. Hey, what are they it. doing? That's why I hate Facebook. I need to just delete it. So the party commences. Uh, turns out Daniel's present is diamond earrings. And Sherry's pretty pissed, but she doesn't say anything. She decides to just keep it all in. I mean, I understand this is not the place. Right. The party's not the place. Do it later. I I think at that point I'd call an Uber or not that the, a taxi. There was no Uber in 1989. A taxi. I would call a taxi. Just call your mom or well, her parents are at a party. Yeah, and you can't wake up Jimmy because he's got to go to work. Call Miss Parrish. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would have done. Yeah. I don't want to stay at a party where, like, obviously my boyfriend no longer wants to be with me. Well, Sherry does spend most of the time, like, wanting to leave, kind of. Yeah. It's clear she's not having a good time, but everyone else is. They all go swimming, except Sherry and Joe, because they didn't know that there would be swimming, so they didn't bring bathing suits. Bathing suits. But Daniel knew. Daniel knew. Mm-hmm. Also, Amanda knew. Yes, and she said that probably what happened was... Amanda called Beth to make sure it was okay that she could come over yeah, to the party. and then they told her. Yeah. Then. That was the assumption anyway. Yeah. But Daniel knew and didn't tell Sherry. So, <laughs> Daniel sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, everyone goes swimming except for Joe, Sherry, and Jeff. And I'm assuming at this point, they mentioned that, like, a lot of the other people that were at the party have, like, filtered out. So, it, it might just be them at this point. I don't remember when it gets to where everyone's left, but these people. But yeah. They go. Joe and Sherry are left alone. Joe wants to talk to Jeff, but is a little nervous about it. So Sherry's like, well, I'll go talk to him for you. Being a good wingman, but she fucks it up. I was about to say, she's terrible. <laughs> I'm like, doesn't Joe know that uh, Sherry's not good at talking? Yeah. Like, it's she's a, not it's, good at talking yeah, to people. Yeah, they have a really bad conversation. Really bad. I think it culminates when they're having a conversation, and then Jeff says that Daniel's an asshole. Right. And Sherry gets really offended. Which I'm like, no, the guy has shown you tonight that, he's that an he asshole. is, in fact, an and asshole. And you should be like, you know what, you're right, Jeff. So what does Sherry do? 
She talks about his dead brother. His dead, she's like, you're not as cool as your dead brother, Peter. I'm like, my God, what a low blow. <laughs> Super low blow. So Jeff's like, you know what? You've got your head up your ass. You're not a good person. I don't know why Peter liked you. Bye. Yeah. So he leaves. And, um, and they had that discussion on the balcony. On the balcony. On the balcony. Yes. Outside the kitchen. <laughs> does it matter at this point probably not i mean they start laying out the floor plan of the house very detailed but but they go into it later so i figured we'd save the okay. floor plan conversation till later but they do set the scene in a very detailed way letting you know how the house is laid out mm-hmm. and specific details about like how the balcony connects the kitchen and the bedroom and all that kind of stuff right because they want you to start thinking about it right which i did <laughs> start taking notes did. started taking notes that's well, yeah. That is pretty much the end of chapter four. Sherry pissing off Jeff, and him telling her to go to hell or whatever. In chapter four, Jeff goes off and talks to Joe. Sherry is alone now, so she lays on Beth's bed and falls asleep. And Amanda wakes her up to tell her mm-hmm. that she saw Daniel and Beth naked and making out in the hot tub. That's right. Is anyone shocked? No. I'm really surprised that Sherry's not more. I think she knew it was coming. I think she did, too. It did seem like from the very beginning that she knew because she also said that, like, they'd been flirting at school. Right. And so I think she knew it was coming, but I don't know. I would have been like, I would have been like, <laughs> would how disrespectful to do that in front of me? Would you have confronted him? I probably would have pulled him aside, okay. maybe. I don't know. Actually, I probably would have just left. <laughs> yeah, I, I think to. I would have just left and then called him later and been like, Fuck you. Yeah. Like, obviously we're done, but yeah. I just want you to know that I'm saying right now yeah. we are done. Yeah. <laughs> well, Daniel and Beth return. Sherry doesn't have it in her to confront him. But Joe decides now is a great time to start with her supernatural stuff. That's right. <laughs> Break out the... Break out the well, magnet. It's not the Ouija board. It's the magnet. Yeah. So she's got a, a magnet that she says can be used to channel... Through a person's body to, like, answer the universe's questions mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, and sh- in the book, it relates it to Taoism, which I'm like... You don't think that that's accurate? I don't know. I mean, I didn't... You didn't look go- it up? No, I didn't. And in my world religions class in college, I mean, I studied a little bit about Taoism, but not so in-depth that I would know about some pendulum magnet that... It just sounded a little bit to uh what's the word esoteric maybe like i said i could be wrong christopher pike could have done his research and i feel like he's into that kind of thing right he's shown through his writing he's kind of into like religions and stuff and so he probably did enough research for that to be it but i don't i don't know because i didn't care enough to look it up (laughs) i'm just like cool supernatural stuff let's go (laughs) they decide to use beth as their subject which is kind of funny because they're like we need a body and Beth's like I have one and Sherry's like we know <laughs> we know you have a which body. I feel like too at this point she kept making comments and like everybody was ignoring her yeah they were yeah I kind of I kind of wonder why like I think she makes one comment eventually Daniel looks at her yeah but most of the time she's just like muttering shit and, and nobody are, nobody she's just cares being spiteful and whatever like just leave the party Sherry right I'm going to put this magnet on the floor at the back of your head, Joe said, doing precisely that as she spoke. And then I'm going to take your ankles in my hands and ask your body questions. When your body wants to answer yes, one of your legs will get longer than the other. 
Why don't you use her nose? I asked, thinking of Pinocchio and telling lies and that sort of thing. No one seemed to care. They just continued to ignore me. Are you serious? Dan asked. You'll see, Joe said. One leg will get longer than the other. How does that happen? Jeff asked. Her hip must rotate, Joe said, cradling Beth's shoes in her palms. Beth had closed her eyes and appeared to be concentrating hard on something unknown to the rest of us. No, how does her body know to respond? Jeff said. No one knows, Joe said. Somehow the magnet triggers an answering reflex in the body. Why did you cap one pull of the magnet? The book said to do it, Joe said. It doesn't work otherwise. So yeah, it's it's weird and I've never heard of this before, but interesting, I guess. Yeah, I've seen pendulums before where you ask yes or no questions, but the whole using Doing somebody's body, body and their leg and getting a magnet, I don't know. <laughs> Well, they ask a few mundane questions to determine that the process is accurate, and Mm -hmm. it seems to be, I guess. And they take turns asking questions, and, you know, Dan asks about whether he's going to be rich and, like, happy. Happy. Not going to be be happy, happy. not going to be rich, but he will live a long time unhappy and poor. So, good, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But, of course, he's like, this is stupid. I want a Ferrari. When Joe asks Amanda if she has any questions, Amanda insists on doing it all by herself. Yeah, that was interesting. Amanda got up slowly and crawled over beside Joe. Can I do it myself? She asked. Joe smiled. Takes a little practice. Why don't you just let me ask for you? Amanda gestured to Beth's feet. But you just ask the questions and lift her heels up. I can do that. Why not let me ask? Joe asked. She wants to ask something in private. Jeff said. Amanda nodded. Please? All right, Joe said reluctantly, moving away. But be sure you have your question clearly in mind or it won't work. The magnet did work for Amanda. Sometimes Beth's right leg would get longer when Amanda thought her question and raised her feet. Sometimes Beth's legs would stay the same. It was eerie watching Amanda go through the routine silently. Amanda asked many questions, or else she asked one question a number of times. I don't know why I got that impression that she was hung up on one point. When she was done, she stared off into empty space for a few seconds. Are you satisfied? Joe asked. One question, Amanda said. Is this thing always right? I've found it to be, Joe said carefully. Amanda looked at her. But I just asked if it was always right, and do you know what it said? What? Joe asked. Maybe, Amanda said. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. So now we don't know. Now we don't know if it's true or not. We don't. And we don't know what she was asking. I know. Weird. So... Jeff starts asking questions that are clearly about his dead brother. Right. So stuff like, you know, is something someone attempting to use this to communicate with us? Mm-hmm. And the answer was yes. And so he's getting a little like intense. It's not a, well, it's not enough for him. Yeah. Like he doesn't want just the yes, the or, yes or no questions. So he asks Joe if there's like if she brought her Ouija board, she's like, no. Yeah. And he's like, is there another way that we can talk to this entity? And she's like, well, we can do like essentially a mediumship. Yeah. And they decide to use Sherry as the Sherry medium. Sherry signs up for it. And I'm like, who? Well, she's just kind of, she seems kind of like ambivalent. She's just like, yeah, whatever. All right. I would not sign up to let some entity talk through me. <laughs> no. No way. I don't think Sherry believes in this stuff. She makes it kind of clear that she doesn't really believe it. And Joe says it's got to be Sherry because it's got to be someone that she's known her whole life. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because she's got to put her in a trance first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so apparently in order to do the trance they have to do a pretend funeral 
Which is strange. I think you can get people in a trance, but without <laughs> without pretending that, that they're dead. But it's, yeah. it's very strange because they they go around and ask everyone to like say their final thoughts and Jerry's it's like all really like sad and not in a good way sad yeah. like they have nothing to say about no. her and i mean it might just be because they don't think it's real so they're true you know, playing it up but true. you know joe is the only one that like actually seems to care that sh- the sherry is pretend dead yes <laughs> um beth says nothing because she's in some kind of like trance herself oh yeah she's still she's acting weird mm-hmm. is all they say because she, they, they say that she thought that she fell asleep during the whole magnet thing but when she gets up she's still just kind of like out of it right and so she doesn't participate she just sits there finally joe starts to ask questions when joe spoke next a weight of sorrow heavy enough to crush the world descended upon me from nowhere and everywhere at once i felt it on top of my chest crunching my ribs my heart who are you joe asked my voice sounded but it was not mine it was not me Most people would probably call me a ghost, the voice said. I am, after all, dead. But I don't think of myself that way. It wasn't long ago that I was alive, you see. I was only 18. I had my whole life in front of me. Someone gasped. Someone else cried out a name, Peter. More cries followed. Everyone was talking at once. The candle had been knocked over. There was a danger of fire. I snapped out of my trance. At last, my body was my own again. For a moment, I threw off my blanket and jumped up. At first, I couldn't see a thing. I wasn't even sure if I had my eyes open. The room was pitch black. Then Jeff turned on the lamp near the sofa, and the glare hit me like a hot flare. Jeff was mad at me. They all were. Why did you stop? He demanded. You shouldn't have jumped up, Joe said. You were faking that, Daniel said. I wasn't a fake. I wanted to shout at them, but I couldn't get out a word. I was too choked up. When I looked around at their faces, I couldn't find a trace of a thing I had assumed had been with me all the days of my life to one degree or another. There was no love. Daniel just wanted to be back in the hot tub with Beth. Joe just wanted to be alone with Jeff. I hung my head low, smelling smoke. Amanda was on the floor at my knees, turning the toppled candle upright. The red wax on the carpet was blood red and still hot, but my body was cold. I was shivering. I felt so overcome with loneliness right then that I thought I would be consumed and die of it. Whoa. 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 That was, yeah, that was one of the notes that I had to written down that she saw no love on their faces. Yeah. After that whole thing where they're supposed to pretend that she's passed away and... And what was really cool is the voice. Yeah, what she says is the first sentence of the book. Yes. That's the exact thing she says at the very beginning of the book. So after this, she this is when she runs from the room Mm -hmm. and onto the balcony. I ran from the room then, through the kitchen and out onto the balcony and into the night. I remember standing by the rail, feeling the smooth wood beneath my shaking fingers. I remember seeing the flat black ocean and thinking how nice it would be if I could only exercise my magical powers and fly over to it and disappear beneath its surface for ages to come. I remember time passing, and then things went bad. I felt a sensation. It was not one of being pushed. It was rather a feeling of rising up, then of spinning, of being disoriented. I saw the edge of the condominium roof, the stars. There were only a few of the latter, and they weren't very bright, not compared to the lamppost standing beside the cement walkway, which suddenly began to rush towards me at incredible speed. It was only in the last instant that I realized I'd gone over the edge of the balcony, that I was falling headfirst towards the ground. And that's when she dies. Yes. And so one of the things that stood out for me is the sensation that she felt. She felt lifted up and spun around. And to me, that's not someone pushing you. 
Right. Uh, they also mention later, like in the next chapter or something, but it's relevant now, that the railing was kind of high. It was really high. We are also told that she is very short. Yes. And so probably easy to push. <laughs> but yeah, that it w- you can't just push someone. Right. Off this rail. Correct. So. And she didn't feel the push. She didn't feel a push. She felt like a lift. Yes. So yeah. No, no, no. Okay, okay. The chapter ends with her with her dead. In chapter five, there's it's mostly chapter five is mostly about her being in denial of being dead. Mm-hmm. She wakes up in her own bed. She does notice that there's stuff in the air. Like she describes it as like translucent wisps and dust, and everything seems to glow. Right. Um, which seems kind of like cool afterworld dead stuff. It does. I enjoyed that, but I'm yeah. kind of like, okay, I think at this point. <laughs> She should know, but she's in denial. Yes. So she goes downstairs. Her parents get the call, which we all knew was going to happen because it was in the summary. Right. They realize she's dead. They go to the hospital. They are told by the doctor that she's not going to be all right. Everyone's upset. I don't know why. I was kind of surprised that her mom was so upset because they kind of gave the impression before that her parents were kind of distant, but apparently not. So maybe I just had that impression because they're rich people. And I just always assume rich parents <laughs> well, don't care busy. about the children. No, they're busy. You get caught up yeah. in things. And this chapter was actually kind of hard for me to read in that I could easily empathize with the situation of going to a morgue and identifying a body right. of a family member. No, Not that it's ever happened to me. Um, I did have a friend that passed away from a fall and I didn't see anything. That was kind of the experience that I latched on to. It was like, oh my gosh, his parents had to do had that. To his go. girlfriend yes. had to do that. that and is I can't, a terrible. Oh, I'm just getting goosebumps like thinking about it. It's, it's, yeah. But yeah, like I said, this, this chapter was a little bit hard for me to read because yeah. I could definitely empathize with them. And, and they oh. do go into pretty good detail. Oh, he did, a gr- he did a great job. Down. He did a great job. Let's talk it. about some of the gore, too. Yeah, he does. Because when they go to the morgue and they, they, the mom doesn't want to believe it's her, so they show them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the doctor didn't want to show them because her head is obviously not in a good state. state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he went into just the right amount of detail for it. Yeah. He didn't get too gruesome with yeah. it, but you do get there some bits and pieces. There is definitely, they let you know that her, her head has been crushed. Yeah. And when Sherry sees herself, then she's finally like, oh. Oh, gosh. Right, because on the way to the hospital, she's like, is it my grandfather yeah. that we're going to see? But she's still, like, nobody's responding Talk, to yeah, her. Yeah, nobody's and talking to also her. Also, the weird stuff about her not being able to open doors and stuff. Right. And I'm like, come on, girl. You gotta know at this point. Just think for a minute. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would be, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel if I woke up dead. <laughs> I can't really say how I would feel. But yeah, she she's pretty much in denial until she sees her own face mm-hmm. on there. But even then, she's still kind of like, no, this can't be. Like, I can reverse this. She <laughs> yeah. still has it in her head that she can reverse it somehow. Yeah, no. In chapter six, Sherry starts by going through the emotions, realizing she's dead. Um, but she still kind of wants to prove to herself that that she's it, not <laughs> yeah i guess she yeah. wants to prove to herself that it can't be true right so when jimmy asks the police if he can go to the crime scene sherry wants to go with him because she's like yeah we're gonna get to the bottom of this so right she rides with them in the car but somehow and I, I can't remember exactly how she gets left behind 
Jimmy, like, goes off in front of her, and she can't open doors. Right. So she's, like, waiting around outside the condo, freaking out, being like, how am I going to get in now? And that's when she meets the grizzled detective. Yes. Which I, is the most stereotypical detective ever. I enjoyed his, I enjoyed the description. I didn't know who he was when we first met him. I'm like, is this a truck driver that <laughs> just happened to be on the scene? Like, is he one of the cleanup crew? Well, I don't know who he is. She finds a, a truck with a guy who's drinking in the car. Mm-hmm. Which I'm pretty sure was still not legal in the 80s, but whatever. Uh, and smoking and drinking or whatever. And his name is Garrett. Mm-hmm. He has the CB radio, which kind of tips her off that he's a cop. Oh, yeah. And see, when they mention the CB radio, I'm like, oh, is she going to, like, get in the radio and, like, talk to him through it? No, she didn't. It <laughs> she wasn't didn't. anything cool like that. That's just a, hey, this guy's a cop <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. I guess that's why I thought he was a truck driver. I'm like, <laughs> But there's a, I think a police call comes through yes. on it. Yeah. I don't remember what it said, but whatever. He's he's 100% the stereotypical d- grizzled, dirty, drunk detective type. So she follows him inside, mm-hmm. and he is the detective on the case. When they enter the apartment, all the kids are still there. Yeah, what time is it by, at it's this point? It's got to be like know? 2 in the morning or yeah. something, because they... Probably around the time that Sherry died, it was like midnight-ish. Yeah, I think they started like the seance type of stuff yeah, at, at like midnight a, or yeah, after. around midnight, so it's got to be, yeah, 2 in the morning or okay. maybe later. Who knows? Who knows? It's still dark, though. Yes. Yeah. So there's also two cops there. Cops immediately tell uh, Detective Garrett that they've ruled Sherry's death a suicide. Mm-hmm. And so Sherry's like, no. No, Sorry. She's incredulous. She says she didn't jump. She must have fallen, but then realizes that it's impossible to fall over those railings because they're too tall. Mm-hmm. So now she's like, somebody did this. That's right. So she's realizing now that it wasn't an accident. I'm kind of surprised that her friends, because when her friends are questioned, I guess we can get into that. I'm like, wouldn't, I mean, she's not suicidal. Like, wouldn't they be like, she's too short to have... They're but not then you're thinking. Impli- but I, then you're implicating everybody yeah. in the room. So, yeah, you wouldn't what, say I mean, that. Yeah, I, I feel like, well, Joe says that she wouldn't have jumped. Amanda also says she wouldn't have jumped. But not until later. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Let's get. <laughs> when Garrett gets in there, everybody, a couple people, at least Dan and maybe Beth, say, yeah, she must have jumped. That's pretty much all that could have happened. But then Garrett's like, did anyone actually see her jump? And no one had. No one saw her jump. So then Garrett's like, okay, I'm going to have to question everybody. Right. So he insists on questioning them without the uh, two other cops there who Mm -hmm. apparently don't trust him. Right. Because he's been drinking. I guess. Maybe. I'm sure just like all the stereotypical detective movies, he's probably got some reputation. That's right. It's usually always that they were like real good once, but then something horrible happened to him. And then they, They, you know. They went to the bottle. They went to the bottle and now he's (laughs) lost the respect of his peers. That's right. He doesn't know how to do his job anymore. But he's still got the authority. (laughs) So he tells them to leave. Mm -hmm. Sherry's like unsure about him because he's drunk, but she's also like these other two fuckers said i commit suicide so they're obviously wrong yeah yeah and they're not gonna help me at all so then there's like a long period of him questioning them each one each one it's difficult for me to go through all of that but he does have like a summation at the end yes i loved that let me sum this up he said finally and if i've made a mistake anywhere let me know he straightened himself up on his chair sherry jumped up from the floor and ran to the balcony. 
A couple of minutes later, Amanda went into Beth's bedroom. She didn't see Sherry on the balcony. She didn't know if the door leading to the balcony was open or closed. She went into the bathroom. A minute later, Jeff came into the bedroom. He noticed Sherry on the balcony. He also noticed that the bathroom light was on and the bathroom door was closed. He definitely saw that the door to the balcony was shut, although he wasn't sure if it was locked from the inside. He left Beth's bedroom for the master bedroom, where he stayed in the bathroom for a couple of minutes. Less than a minute after Jeff left the living room, Beth entered her bedroom. She stayed there for a little while, doing nothing. She noticed that there was someone in the bathroom and that the door to the balcony was locked. She didn't see Sherry on the balcony, however, not even when she unlocked the sliding glass door and stepped out onto the balcony. But she did see Joe on the balcony, even though she wasn't sure if Joe had been there before she was or not. And it's feasible that Joe did reach the balcony before Beth. It, in fact, appears likely, because Joe left the living room only seconds after Beth did. But whereas Beth dawdled in her bedroom before stepping onto the balcony, Joe went straight from the living room to the balcony. Beth was out there before me, Joe interrupted. Garrett nodded thoughtfully. We have a bit of a problem here. If Joe and Dan left the living room only a few seconds after Beth, and Beth hung out in her bedroom for a little while before going out on the balcony, then Dan should have caught up with Beth while she was still in her bedroom. Garrett turned to Daniel and Beth. Well? Joe and I didn't leave that soon after Beth, Daniel said. It was more like a minute. Maybe a half minute, Joe said. Did I see you in the bedroom? Beth asked Daniel. No. Daniel shook his head. No. Why did you put your arm around Beth when you did catch up with her on the balcony? Garrett asked Daniel. We're friends, Daniel said quickly. Are you good friends? Garrett asked. Pretty good. Tell them about the jacuzzi, Amanda! I shouted, but Amanda was not telling. Do you two date? Garrett asked. No. No. Daniel and Beth said simultaneously. Garrett found the coherence mildly amusing, but he frowned as he rechecked his notepad. It seems to me that Sherry must have jumped after Jeff entered the bedroom, but before Beth did. Do the rest of you agree? Everyone, with the exception of Jimmy and Amanda, nodded. Jimmy didn't look like he was doing much of anything except trying to breathe and stop thinking. But Amanda spoke up. Do you think that one of us pushed Sherry from the balcony? She asked. Why do you ask? Garrett said, and he might have been toying with her a bit, not knowing he had picked the wrong person. Because you keep asking us so many questions. Garrett shrugged. It's my job. So... This is kind of the summation of the questioning that he does, but he he starts out by asking every like he wanted to find out who left the room and in what order mm-hmm. and which direction they went in because the way the floor plan is is there's a living room, then Beth's bedroom, mm-hmm. then the kitchen dining room combo, which is connected to the living room. They're not like right. separate rooms. And the balcony that Sherry supposedly jumped off of is connected to both the bedroom and the kitchen. The kitchen, But that balcony door locks from the inside. So once you go out, you can't get back in through the bedroom. Right. You have to go through the kitchen. Right. Because at <laughs> one point, Sherry is in Beth's bedroom and she goes out on the balcony right. and then realizes, oh, the door that back into earlier. Beth's bedroom is locked. So yeah. then she had to walk through the kitchen through in order the kitchen to get, to back, get in. back in. And so it's common knowledge to her and Beth, not sure about anyone else, that they yeah, knew that. I don't know if they did. Um, about the locked door situation. But Beth tells them that that's, that's how it is. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So Amanda leaves first and goes to the bathroom. 
Yeah. Jeff leaves after her, goes to Beth's room to check the bathroom, and then ends up using the second bathroom. Which is on the other side of the house. Right. Beth leaves after him, goes into her room. Joe le- leaves next, goes into to, the kitchen. To the balcony. To the balcony. Through the kitchen, yep. And Dan leaves at the same time Joe does, but he goes to through Beth's the bedroom. bedroom. Yes. Uh, the I only know. thing that I found weird was I felt like Amanda's timeline didn't match up. I'm like, you're in the bathroom that long? But maybe, maybe she was. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, if you think about the questions, though, it's really only like a, t- a time span of like five minutes. Yeah, it was really short. So she could definitely be in the bathroom yeah, for I five minutes. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. It's just the way they describe it. Everything seems like it's so long. long. Yeah. But it's less than 10 minutes. Okay. Less than 10 minutes time has passed yeah. that this happens. So the only person that saw Sherry on the balcony was Jeff. That's right. That claims. They that saw. claims. That's right. Because they could be lying. Of course they can be. If you killed someone, you'd be lying about something. First off, I wouldn't kill anybody. Well. <laughs> so after this long questioning, the kids leave and Garrett stays to look around, make notes. He draws up a floor plan of the condo. I loved this I detail. I loved it. I We will definitely take a picture of it and put it on the website because it's kind of cool. Sherry's kind of surprised that on the floor plan, he doesn't mark the locations of people mm-hmm. she was like oh he's gonna mark the locations of everyone when i supposedly died but he doesn't the only thing he does is he draws an x behind sherry right and marks her location and that's it that's it that's literally it he finally goes outside to look at the spot where she fell however when sherry gets close to the spot weird shit happens mm-hmm. she reaches down where the blood stain is and blood drips as she holds her oh, hand yeah, back yeah, that's up. like the first time that she's been able to touch something yeah. and it have an effect. Yeah, but, the, I mean, there shouldn't be blood there because there was they cleaned up the blood. Oh, yeah. It's not like they left the blood there. Right. They'd scrubbed it, but there was still, like, some in there. So okay. it's like phantom blood. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, chick gets real weird. She has some, like, terrible visions. Garrett leaves, but she sticks around. Mm-hmm. Eventually, she sees the shadow. Oh, yes. Which I'm going to read their description of it because it's a little weird to imagine, I suppose. It made me think of uh, the shadow people in the movie Ghost that come and get, like, the bad souls. Right. (laughs) Did Ghost come out before? Yeah, it was before 1989. I can't remember. Had to have been. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. (laughs) Just wondering. It was an 80s movie, though, right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Darkness inside, outside, it's not so much different as the living might believe. And the next instant, I was back on the messy walkway, the balcony above me. Only now, there was something standing up there. It was my first glimpse of the shadow. It bore no resemblance to a human being, and yet, from the start, it reminded me of a person. There was no reason it should have. Its shape and color were difficult to comprehend. It seemed like a dark cloud caught in a state of flux between a solid and a vapor. It also appeared to be part of the surroundings, a dam of some sort on the plasma that continued to flow through my new world. Or perhaps, I thought, it was a scar on the world. It was painful to behold, and it was watching me. And so she runs from the shadow now Mm -hmm. because she's like, this thing senses danger. She runs. As she's running, she's like calling for her mother. It was so sad. It was so sad. Um, And then suddenly out of nowhere, she appears at her house with her mother. Mm -hmm. And she, her mom's sad. She falls asleep 
Next to her mom. Next to her mom, who's sad. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. It was really sad. Yeah, it is kind of sad. Chapter seven, she wakes up, but now she's at Amanda's house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Why yeah. not? Okay. Let's keep, let's keep this going. And apparently days have passed. Yes. Because suddenly they're preparing for her funeral. That was one of my questions. I'm like, wait a minute. Have days passed? Or has it just been one and they've just decided? Okay. No, she specifically says they don't bury a body the day after. Right. So she realizes that when she, quote unquote, sleeps, that time passes. Oh, man. So now she's at Amanda's house. Amanda and Miss Parrish are preparing for her funeral. Um, Joe and her mom are coming and they're all going to ride together. Joe's wearing all orange. That's right. <laughs> which is kind of awesome. If I die early, you don't have to wear black to my funeral. Okay. Although I love black. I know. That would have been, that would be appropriate. I mean, not only appropriate, but yeah. right for you because you love black. I do. But wear whatever you want. I would not wear orange. I, well, I feel like not too many people look good in orange. Orange but. pants and an orange shirt. It's not just like she's wearing an orange dress. Yeah. She's wearing orange pants and an orange shirt. They did not change that in this book. That's I guess they didn't <laughs> think that that was as weird Her, as the... Uh, well, if it were weird, it pants. would suit Joe's yeah, personality, personality. So Yeah, whereas... Sherry was supposed to be super fashionable in her green pants, <laughs> which I guess in 1989, maybe that was. I didn't own a pair of green pants. Did you? No, but I also wasn't like a teenager, you know, who lived on a beach. You know, it seems like a very <laughs> yeah, beachy wear maybe. to me. Like rich kid beach wear mm-hmm. in the 80s. Now I'm trying to think of all the 80s movies. Like, were they yeah, wearing they green pants? They like color. Yeah, they did. There were some weird color combinations. Always had pleats in the front. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. So well, they get to Sherry's funeral, and Sherry's disappointed that there aren't more people from her school there. Hazard High. Yeah, it's called Hazard <laughs> High. But yeah, not, what, about a dozen kids show up, yeah. and that's about it? She assumes it's because she committed suicide, supposedly. Right. And, you it's know. uncomfortable for people. Well, and... it, you know, it's taboo now, but it was super taboo then. That's true. It was way more of a thing back then that people would be like, oh. And, like, they would shun you, Yeah. essentially. These days, I feel like people would still go and be sad. Back then, you weren't allowed to be sad when for, people committed suicide. suicide. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So Very it was definitely true. not as understood as it is now. Dan and Beth are there. Jeff is not there. But they weren't really that close, so. Yeah. You know, I guess it's not that surprising. She sees someone she doesn't recognize wearing casual clothes, and she's like, ah, casual How dare clothes they? to my funeral. How dare they? How dare you? Miss <laughs> Parrish does a lot of praying. And uh, Sherry almost goes into the light. That was such a cool description. I loved it. Do you want me to read that description? Yeah. There was something about her praying that began to charm me in a special way. I didn't understand it. Miss Parrish was crushed. Her fingers trembled as she slipped from one bead to the next. Yet as I listened, I began to feel lighter. I could go so far as to say I felt a thrill of joy. The weird plasma in the air began to shimmer with a cool silver light. It was faint, true, but it was there beyond question. I wondered if it was coming out of Miss Parrish. I wanted the light to keep coming. I began to become quite engrossed in it. I closed my eyes, but I still I could see it better, in fact. My mind began to drift with the words without actually listening to them. The meaning was unimportant, I began to realize. All that mattered was that they were there and they were being said with love. The light increased and seemed to encompass me. As the brilliance intensified, so did my peace. It was the first peace I had felt in a long time. But then it just stops. And she feels like a mountain's crushing on her when it stops. So she's like about to go and then she doesn't go. Not because Miss Parrish stops, right? Is that what it is? 
No, it just said it stopped. Yeah, it just says it stops. We don't know why. Yeah. So they go to the gravesite. She gets buried. She watches. Everyone leaves. So she's at her grave looking at the flowers that Jimmy left. And she's being all sad and melodramatic. And she sees the baggy white shorts and the red t-shirt. I'd been happy to see him before, but now I resented the fact that he haven't even brought a flower to lay on my grave. Go to hell, I told him, looking back down. We're already there, wouldn't you say, Sherry? My head snapped up. I didn't understand how I could have failed to recognize him before. Peter, I whispered. <laughs> so yeah, it's Peter. It's Peter. So this graveyard, this gravesite, is actually far away from her current house. She mentioned that it's probably when her parents were living a bit more frugal, that they bought the Already plots out there. It. So she's doubly concerned that people won't remember her because she's so far out from yeah. where she is now. Like, nobody's going to visit her. Weird, I didn't catch that. You didn't? Mm -mm. I mean, like, I didn't. I guess yet I'd... another reason why people will forget her oh. and her green eyes. Her poor green eyes. <laughs> but yay, Peter's here. Yay, Peter's here. So in Chapter 8, it's mostly her asking Peter questions about the afterlife. Mm -hmm. Peter says he's here to help her because sometimes people need help in the afterlife. But he also tells her that she really needs to go into the light. But yeah. Sherry's like, why? Is that kind of like his job to just help? souls into the light that's what he says okay so he tries to convince her to go into the light but she's just kind of like yeah whatever let's keep talking she asks peter if he was in fact at the party that night and he says some of the time mm -hmm. but that he was not there to see who killed her right which would have made this so easy <laughs> if he like, had done but i think she was more concerned like if he was the one that was actually talking to them but he yeah. doesn't confirm or deny that yeah, he just says he was there it's kind of annoying to me a little bit yeah but she doesn't specifically ask either She's just like, you, were you at the party? Were, did yeah, you see the no. seance? And he's like, he's like, yeah, but who I didn't see who killed you. Yeah. Who was speaking yeah. through me? Was it you? <laughs> was it someone else? Yeah. I want to know, but she doesn't specifically ask. So I guess we don't know. They have a conversation about destiny and free will that I don't really care about. Yes. Well, one of the things that I wrote was, <laughs> and this is something Peter says, we are born with so many breaths. When they are used up, we die. Nothing can stop it. Because she kept being like, you know, had I had I not gone to the party, would right. I have avoided death? But he also contradicts himself by yes, saying they have free will. And she says you're contradicting yourself, which is part of the reason why I skimmed over this part. Because I'm just like, ugh. Well, he was talking about it being kind of like a bank loan. Like, you've, you've taken out a loan. And so you know that you are going to pay it in the end. Right. You just... It's your choice as to whether or not you pay how it fast quickly it, or yeah, I don't right, know. I so. thought it was a bunch of mumbo jumbo. <laughs> I'm not really that into the whole destiny conversation. You want to have that? Let's have that conversation right now. I'd rather not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would she have died that night had she left? Do you think? I don't know. Is this final destination? <laughs> Her name was on a list. She didn't go. She and decided not matter. to go to the party. Yeah, so she's gonna die anyway. I don't know. She'd choke it's... on chocolate cake. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, cake, cake. I'm telling you, he he even brought up the cake in the chapter with where she finally came, like when she came home and experienced. Oh, actually, she's dead, and her parents are learning. Her parents about are it. eating the cake. Her mom is eating the cake. Yep, the cake again. <laughs> it's the cake. The cake threw her off the balcony. Well, after their whole destiny conversation, Peter tries to push Sherry again to go into the light, but Sherry doesn't really want to go. She's like, no, man, why? I have I to understand. figure this out. Yeah, I have to figure this out. But Peter tells her it's dangerous to stay because of the shadow. And 
he can't really explain what the shadow is, or he doesn't. I don't know if he can't, but he doesn't. Well, I feel like he can't really explain a lot of things. Right. I mean, I guess he's only been around here for like a year or so. Who knows? I don't know. Still, he's, he's not like, an expert ghost. What are you doing with yet. your time? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> you have nothing else. I would think you would want to be an expert on the afterlife and destiny and Well, he's the had shadow. some time to think about it, obviously, because that's why they have that conversation. Yeah. But all he can tell Sherry is that she must not let it catch up with her. And that's that's it. That's all you need to know. But Sherry says she wants to stay to find out what really happens. And so she asks him to help her. And he agrees, finally, mm-hmm. after after a bit of badgering. And that's the end of that chapter. So for the last chapter that we're going to read today, chapter nine, this is when um, Peter and Sherry start trying to piece the puzzle together. That's right. They're yeah. partners. Yep, Team they're partners. Up. So they start by going over the facts they learned from Garrett's investigation. They both recount what everyone was doing at the moment Sherry died, and they talk about motives this time. Right. Which is not really something that Garrett really went into. I don't know why he asked Beth and Daniel specifically about their, like, relationship, but maybe he was trying to get at something. Yeah. I don't know. Sherry thinks that Amanda's suspicious because she's too quiet. Yes. Which isn't really a good reason. But still, something to note. Um, and Sherry also says she doesn't trust her, but she doesn't know why. She just doesn't. She's just jealous. Which I thought was brought up a couple of times she in did the book. She is. She was jealous of she her. She is jealous yeah. of her and the relationship that she has with her brother, which I don't I don't know. I don't get that, but I guess that happens. I think she's just really close to her brother, and she doesn't want him to be taken away from her. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't understand. I, wouldn't, I, I don't, don't have, have a brother. brother. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a brother. So I don't really understand, but I guess that's a thing. Uh, Dan may have a slim motive, you know, being that he wanted to break up with Sherry, but that's not a very strong motive. No, uh, really. it's much easier to, I mean, it ruins your life to kill someone. Yeah, just, just break, break up, up with, with her. her. <laughs> yeah. Um, Peter says Beth has the most opportunity due to the timing of it all. Yes, because she's spending time in her room. Yes, no doing one's around. Nothing. Doing, she, yeah. yeah, because they ask her, like, what were you doing in your bedroom? And she's like, Nothing. But, I mean, she was still kind of, like, coming out of a trance at that point. So but she they was... never mentioned that. No, they didn't. But, I, actually, that thought just popped into my head. Nobody like, mentions maybe that she was... when they're being questioned, at least. Did they even talk? No. No. They didn't talk about the seance at all. No, they sort of did. They did told they? him they okay. were doing a seance. Okay. They definitely tell him that. But they don't mention Beth acting weird. The only one that ever mentions it is Sherry, and she mentions it now. Yeah. When um, Peter's, like... Beth doesn't really have a motive, and Sherry's like, but she was acting weird. Yeah. Like, stuff was happening. She was being weird. Yeah. Peter immediately says Jeff wouldn't do it, because, you know, that's his brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he also says that Jeff wouldn't have had time to shove her off the balcony in the amount of time between Yeah, because he had going, to walk. Coming and going. Well, yeah, and he had to walk to the other bedroom to get to that other bathroom. It just... But he is the only one that saw Sherry on the balcony. It's true. He is. Well, Sherry also immediately says there's no way it could be Joe. But just because it's Joe and she's her best friend. And they both agree that they can't discount people just because they're close to them. Right. Or whatever. So then they talk about the diagram that Garrett made. Are we making any progress, I asked. Who knows? God must. Can you give him a call? Peter smiled. Did you notice how Garrett drew those crisscrossing lines behind your position on the balcony? You saw those too? I asked. I was peering over your shoulder when you were peering over his. Do you know what those lines meant? No. 
Garrett's considering the possibility that someone was standing at your back on the balcony in the one spot that wouldn't have been visible from the center of Beth's bedroom. Amanda, I whispered. It would seem that she could have been behind you even when Jeff was in Beth's bedroom. So it must have been her. Peter shook his head. It would seem so on the surface, but let's look at it a little closer. Jeff said the sliding glass door to the balcony was closed when he went into the bedroom. Garrett made it clear that when you close that door, you lock it. Amanda would have had no way to push you off the balcony and then get back inside unless she went through the kitchen where Beth and Joe and Dan would have seen her. Amanda must have been in the bathroom. Dan noticed her at his back when he was on the balcony, and when Jeff came back into the living room, Amanda was there. So we're determined it couldn't have been Dan or Amanda? Maybe. Peter glanced up at the kaleidoscope sun. What if it wasn't someone at the party? You mean someone from outside might have murdered me? No, we may be too caught up on the idea of someone. What if two people were involved, or three, and they arranged their stories for Garrett so that the facts we're taking for granted might be completely false? My jaw dropped. What if it was all of them? Then we're really in trouble. (laughs) All of them? All of them? Everyone hated Cherry that much. Well, I feel like when you start getting that many people involved in a crime... Yeah. It just unravels really quickly. There's definitely a possibility it could have been two people. I I agree. There's probably not all of them. Well, they both agree to find more clues by spying on the subjects, mm-hmm. you know, just watching them. Sherry also secretly decides that she's going to spend time trying to figure out how to make contact with the living. But she doesn't tell Peter, Peter about that. it. Yeah. Then Peter gives Sherry a lesson on ghost powers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, about how she could levitate and she can walk through items. She just needs to believe, but Sherry's not really getting it. No. So instead of, like, you know, floating or flying to their destination, they have to, they have to go the old-fashioned way steal a car <laughs> jump into a car or jump whatever into a car, yeah. but that's where the chapter ends they are off to go investigate oh man and that's the that's where we're ending this part yeah so after all of that i have no idea no idea at all no idea did you spend any time trying to think about it well, I kind of don't like these things because I feel so much pressure, like, oh, what if I get it wrong? Well, but at first I thought Amanda spent way too long in the bathroom. But I really don't think it was that long. If Beth is sitting there the whole time, the person can't go through her bedroom. She's going to, like, they're going to be seen by Beth. So it would have to be someone going through the kitchen. And the only person that did that was Joe. But I don't. But, but what if it was Beth? Because wait. I mean, it could have been Beth. Because Beth went in the bedroom and then Dan went in after her, right? It could have been both of them. Yeah. They could have been working together. I just, right now, I don't see any one of them having a motive. A clear, like, yeah, a good enough motive to do something like that. I mean, what motive would Joe have? She secretly hates her best friend? I don't know. I'm like, is this one of those things where, like, there's an, an inheritance involved that we don't know about and. I find with a lot of murder mysteries, it does end up being something like that. That it's a lot of times it's something from nowhere that you right. never could have right. figured out, you know. But you can't tell me anything. Don't I'm not tell me tell anything. You that, that's I'm <laughs> I'm coming up with scenarios that may or may not be true. <laughs> okay, throw you off the trail. Yeah, I, I honestly at this point I have no idea. If you had and to pick I would, one person or two, if you had to pick right now, who are you leaning towards? I can't pick anybody. I'm not leaning towards anybody. Unfortunately, gosh, I just feel so bad. At first you thought it was Amanda because she was in the bathroom too long. Too long. But at the same time, I don't think Amanda's that type of person. And 
and how and, would she have and gotten what was back the motive inside. and yeah the whole not being able to get back inside because at first i i was like oh well they don't mention they mentioned that amanda couldn't have gotten back inside but what if she didn't close the door all the way but then i remember that they were like no the door was closed the door was definitely closed when jeff went in there right because jeff went in right after her and then right. left and the door was closed at that point right so she either waited until Jeff left and leapt out of the room. But see, wasn't Beth in there at that point? No. Probably. Beth was probably coming into the... But it was like... <gasps> I mean, the, <gasps> literally, they say, you know, f- a few minutes. As a, few, a few minutes is two. A few minutes is three. Right. How long? I don't know. How long? Um, I have no idea, for real. And I don't I'm know not how Garrett's going to figure this out on his own. And I'm not even discounting that it's some kind of, like, freaky ghost that has taken over Beth's body and... Oh, you think it might be supernatural too? Maybe. Yeah. Could be. I just don't... I mean, could Beth even lift her up? She's lifted up and like spun around and thrown off. Oh, yeah. The lifting part. Um, The pushing, I could see it being anybody, but the lifting up... I mean, you don't think a person could like... Because well, if okay. it's a tall railing, you kind of have to. You kind of have to like ugh, hoist them a little bit. Yeah, which I, I guess I don't know how much Sherry weighs. I don't they know how much. They say she's real short. Beth lifts. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't lift, know how much bro. Beth lifts. <laughs> Beth's a secret dread gym bro. <laughs> she lifted with her boobs. There you go. They're so big. They're so big. But I mean, you think Sherry would have felt those boobs? Who I don't know. I mean, <laughs> at that Sherry point, didn't feel you've just you've just gotten out of you know being a conduit for for people that have passed. So God knows what your mind state is like. Um, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, in short, I have no idea. I don't think I knew at this point either. I feel like there's still a lot of clues missing. And because I haven't read this in a while, like I know who does it, but I don't remember exactly how Like it what unfolds. tipped you off? Okay. Yeah, I don't even, I don't think I figured it out before the end, the first time I read it. Okay. And I remember... Don't... No, no, no. I'm just going to say that now that I know, now that I know what happens, I see a lot of clues, but it's not, I don't think it's something that you're meant to know beforehand. It's one of those things where you find out and then you're like, oh, now it all makes sense. That's why they mentioned the cake five times. (laughs) That's why they mentioned yeah, finishing early. You know, whatever. I'm just mentioning random things. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Maybe, maybe her brother slept walk all the way to the party. And killed her? <laughs> and killed her. And that's why he's so insistent he, on being he there. He thought that she was a balloon. And <laughs> I have no idea. Oh. I really don't. Well, we're going to finish it for next week, oh, so, so you'll know then. I'm so excited. Are you enjoying it so far? I am. And yeah. like I said, it's kind of hard for me to process everything. It yeah. feels like I'm watching a movie and, you know, you kind of have to let everything happen mm-hmm. and just absorb it all before you can really. And I'm sure, I don't know how many people read these murder mystery type novels and try to figure it out as they go along. I always try, but I never really do. Yeah. Yeah. I always think I'm smart enough, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to figure this out. And then I'm just like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. But, but yeah, we'll be finishing this next time. Yeah, I enjoy the writing style. Good. I think it's great. It's your first Christopher Pike book. Yeah, so far it's awesome. Well, guys, 
figure out who does it, I guess. You can you can tell me, because I already know, but you know, don't tell Emma. Don't tell me, please. Please. <laughs> I want her to be shocked and amazed. Yes. And I'm sure when it does happen, I'll text you don't at you any point. Don't dare spoil it for yourself. I know you have a tendency to do that kind of thing. I know. Okay, so. Uh-oh. <laughs> I haven't spoiled it. I haven't spoiled it. But like I mentioned before, I do have that night that knack for finding like sexy parts. And I was kind of like skimming through and I just saw the word naked. I'm like, what? Are you sure it wasn't naked in the hot tub? It was naked in the hot okay, tub. Good. It was naked right, in the hot tub. Stop skimming through. I didn't mean to. Don't you dare. I didn't mean to. All right. Emma, I'm going to know. I'm not going to spoil it for myself. This is too important. Okay. 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 All right. We, we have to go. <laughs> we Time's will up. see you guys next week. For the thrilling conclusion of Remember Me, you're all going to be wrong. No, somebody out there is going to be right. It's not going to be me, because I have no idea. <laughs> Those of you that haven't read this, please let me know what you think. I want to I wanna know what your predictions are. Anyway, until next time, see you guys later. Peace out. Bye, guys. Bye. To learn more about us and see what we're going to read next, visit our website at growingupbookish.com. I like how I make hand gestures no one can see. That's okay. I'm like, bye, Wade!